Welcome to Talking in Stations, an EVE Online podcast. I am your host, Matterall, with Carneros. Good morning. <laughs> How are you doing today? Good, good. I'm still giggling from last discussion before the show started. <laughs> yeah. We're doing our stretches and exercises uh, for this one. And wow, the amount of stuff that has happened since last show, uh, if you want to get a handle on what's going on, you really need to listen to last week's show and then this week's show and probably the show after because things are moving really fast. Uh, so thanks for joining us. Today we're going to talk about the battle of UALX. I call it You All Die. X is for die, so it's U-A-L-X. <laughs> it's just the way I remember it. Uh, and that was in Tenerifus. Um, So that battle was gigantic. And um, we're going to talk about it with uh, some of the guys that were a part of it. And this time we might do something a bit different. If you want to join us, I might have to make this announcement a bit later after more people start viewing. You are welcome to jump into TIS Discord and maybe we'll drag you on so you could tell us what your your perspective was if you were in this fight or a part of it. Um, but yeah, Carneros. Uh, I was there. Yeah, you were there. So we'll we'll find out what what you did and how it went with you. There were but, funny stories. Yeah, yeah. Let's get in our guest today. Uh, so we're happy to have with us uh, Killa B, who you know from NC Dot. Hey guys, welcome. Uh, and today we have a new guest, uh, Lord Ravin, uh, who is from I believe Test Alliance. Correct. Yeah, Brendan Rose and Test Alliance. Good morning or afternoon. Good morning. Good morning or afternoon. Um, Let's get to know. Everybody knows Killer B. He's been on the show many times, but also he's a well-known FC. Uh, but Lord Raven, we know you too. But why don't you tell the audience where you're from and some of your history? Uh, I've been playing for I think 13 years now, something like that. I've been all around Bob, AAA, Nelly Secunda, all this stuff. Over the last year and a half, two years probably, I've taken a break from major FCing and stuff. I've kind of retired. Pro God kind of asked me to come out of retirement a little bit to help him with all this stuff that's been going on. So. I said I would, and you've been going full steam ever since. I've had pretty much like rooms and stuff. Uh, a lot less sleep. <laughs> sleep has been a commo- a rare commodity this week. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, it's uh, nice to have you on. Uh, we'll get to your role in the uh, battle in just a few minutes. I'm also welcoming one last guest, Apple Pear, and he is from Goon Swarm. Hello. Hey. All right. Uh, the big topic this week has to be uh, the, what's going on in the South. But I think maybe we ought to talk about the entire war and just to give some perspective on what's been happening. Um, because this war kind of split into, and this is for all of us, we can all talk about this. This war is basically one war with two fronts. You have a Northern front, Southern front. And uh, the f- Southern front is the one that was really boiling at first it was the where the hot zone was and pl was really knocking the heck out of legacy coalition for a while it looked like they were really dominating this uh they even killed a testa keep star uh, besides a bunch of fortisar so they were kind of like burning the land around legacy is that a fair characterization yeah they're so, killing a bunch of structures right they had momentum in in the south right and then when the Imperium joined in, that immediately changed it from uh, what, what I, Harvey Skywalker called the Trinosaur War, right? Triumvirate and Winter Coalition against the Dinosaur of Test. That 
title kind of fell away because a second front opened in the north when Imperium joined and just immediately rushed up north. And that was just last week. Uh, and then there was a series of huge battles that happened up there. And I, I would say it went back and forth, but um, a lot of the goals were being accomplished by the Imperium. They actually anchored a forward operating base seven jumps away from the operating bases of CO2 and darkness. Uh, so it was really like, you know, close quarters with these two massive uh, super capital fleets in uh, face to face, really only a few regions away from each other. Um, so a little bit of background there, Killaby, like how, how did that go? Uh, how was the Northern part of this campaign going? Well, I mean, I, yeah, they got their, for, they got their forward staging uh, up, which is good. And then they've started hitting um, a bunch of Keepstars. They had that huge initial push on the CO2 staging Keepstar and DW Tech. And um, they made a serious prog uh, like a serious try to um, attack and kill that. They pushed it into, I don't actually know if it was in structure or if it was, I think we defended on the armor timer, if I'm not uh, wrong. You, were, you got it yeah. on the armor, yeah. Yeah, so um, they made a, made a very serious attempt on killing that. We then managed to defend the Keepstar by using Sinojammers uh, in the right places, and uh, ever since then we've managed to hold pretty effectively versus the goon pushes. Yesterday, goons killed uh, one of the CO2 fortices in Khorasan, Khorasan being the midpoint that they use for their super capital and capital fleet whenever they want to hit, um, you know, when they want, whenever they want to hit into pure blind and fade, they basically jump their stuff out of six RCQ into Khorasan instead of having to take that regional gate at E9 Kitty, which obviously they can be bubbled on. So Khorasan is a, a somewhat important system to the Imperium. They killed that CO2 fort there yesterday. And apart from that, I'm not sure if they've killed much in terms of structures. I think one other anchoring fort was be, uh, was killed, one of the anchoring CO2 fort. So from my perspective, the northern front is going pretty well. We're holding up and we're getting some nice, uh, some nice skirmishes um, in between the big timers, of course which is something that I really like about uh, the Northern Front so far. It's not all just huge form-ups on both sides and then blue balls or hell dunks sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's also some really nice uh, uh, little skirmishes involved. Like yesterday, for example, I had a really amazing brawl versus initiative and space violence and one goon jackdaw fleet in, I don't even know where it was, in pure blind, basically. Uh, we had a nice nice brawl with them. It was really fun. So yeah, yeah Northern, Northern Front, from my perspective, is going really well. I had yeah. a nice brawl also with uh, CO2 Munins uh, together with uh, Inet. I was flying H-Stars and Inet came in with Munins also. We had a nice brawl there. I think one thing we did, we killed an IHOP of uh, FXR and ETEX set. So that uh, IHOP is now reset. So for the next 35 days, they cannot put Sinojammers there. Yes. So that's at least a nice part. But for the rest, I think one of the big things why we lost the momentum in the north a bit is what happened in the south. and us moving our supers and titans from 6RCQ towards there hmm. well, well. Let's talk about that because we we're bringing people up to speed uh, right before this big battle happens. And so there's this northern campaign that's pretty much even. It's going back and forth, as you've heard, even up to now. But at the time, um, the north actually came down. I think Killaby brought a um, subcap fleet of hacks, shield hacks, into impasse to help defend a skill U Fortizar that was a forward operating base for them. Uh, and that was uh, that was a pretty bloody brawl. I was actually uh, flying around in that too. 
but the Fortizar was destroyed, uh, right, Killaby? Yeah, so basically the uh, the Fortizar was destroyed by Legacy and Allies. Um, we did have, I think, Goons showed up very late into that fight with a Jackdaw fleet, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and before that, it was mostly just Legacy. Um, the fight was really bloody for Legacy. They did lose a whole lot of ships, but they did manage to kill the Fortizar. So that was really important for them because that Fortizar was in the center of impasse that would have allowed, um, you know, skill you and potentially the allies to put a lot of pressure onto Brave, for example, as an entity. So, uh, yeah, it was important for them to take that out. I think they lost a hundred and something bill over the fort. So you can now argue back and forth what's more important, you know, that is got a, the objective, but I would say that uh, them killing the fort is definitely something, uh, you know, it can be worth a hundred billion, especially considering how easy it is these days to make money. Yeah. Well, and so there it is. So you have two fronts in the same war. You have a northern one where there's a couple or three showdowns. Uh, one of them diffused by, uh, what do we call it? Sino um, Jammer kind of took care of that. And that was very interesting. But uh, there is definitely potential up there for massive fights. And all of a sudden, Keep Star is dropped by test in uh, UALX. And that is what brings us to the big fight. Uh, the showdown uh, begins on the second timer. And that's, it's not an actual second timer, right? It's an invulnerability, invulnerability sta status when it's about to come out and actually anchor. And that's what uh, precipitated the big fight in that system. There was no secrecy around it. Everyone knew it was coming. And it only had a 24-hour onlining cycle, so... But enough folks were nearby to participate. So we knew it was going to be a pretty big uh, thing. So what were you guys' experience with this? Like, how did it come up and how big did you think it was going to get and all of that? Oh, we knew it was going to be huge. For the Ford SG, uh, Keepstar, and Amencia, we didn't really care about because, as they said, it was, it was transferred over from FA. And so it was way too close to hostile staging. It was too far out for us to actually defend. So, I mean, like Keepstar, yeah, the losing Keepstar sucks, but... We didn't really have a whole lot of desire to def actually defend that Keepstar. We knew D-YP was way better. but uh, So that was the previous Keepstar. You didn't really care about it as much as maybe the new one, right? Yeah, PL and Winter Coalition have gone around killing some Faction Forzars in Tenerifus that we just kind of accidentally took, and then that Keepstar. But trying to fight down in Tenerifus and like Northern Faith has just been a nightmare because it's one or two mids for our super caps while it's in range of either try or PL staging system. So having to mid and stuff is just a nightmare. So we knew we had to fix that, which is where why they dropped in UALX. This place where we had friendly solves still in Tenerifus, and it was in range of most of the places we were actually fighting. So this this uh, Keepstar came down in a strategically good location for you? Yeah. I think Warp Intention yeah, Warp Intentions has a solve there. So like it's one of the two systems we actually still solve in Tenerifus. And like I said, it's in range to get down to Faith where some PL supers are harassing and stuff. And it's in range of tries and PL's ZMB staging system. Right. So did you expect um, resistance to this Keepstar when you put it down? Uh, I did. I'm not sure. I assume Proga Legend and the other high command have uh, tested. I mean, PL doesn't want a Keepstar in their way. So. And it was accompanied by dropping a Fortizar around the same time as well too like the day before maybe or no or, we dropped a Forzar after uh the first Keepstar died I th the I, first Keepstar died is where we anchored the set the first Forzar yeah okay i assume it's because we couldn't get 
this keeps our stuff together fast enough and they just wanted to plop down something right there to claim the grid for ourselves well i heard a more strategic uh theory for it but it might have been uh something that was crafted afterwards the the story i heard was they put a fortizar there at the time but they put the new keep star they put a dropped a second keep star maybe i'm not supposed to leak that part yet for the show but they've <laughs> dropped when the first one died spoiler the first one dies they put a second one a thousand kilometers away from it which is it's still in the same system so it's still strategically useful in tenerife and and still it's still a good location in the theater but if the first supercap fleet logs back in they're not immediately able to just target the new keep star and start shooting it again like they killed the first one Correct. So they pulled it back far enough to be out of immediate Titan shooting range, which is about 300K with long-range guns and yeah. missiles. I mean, Forzar will still do good damage to capital, so it helps if they do log back in. But you don't want them anchoring a hostile. We don't want PL or them anchoring in Forzar there into trying to claim that spot and helping them out at all when they did log back in. But we should back up to the battle a little bit more. Yeah. So the uh, so Wednesday the eighteenth, um, these forces assemble, right? These dark clouds uh, that are hovering over this one system um, again in Tenerifus, and the word goes out. I think that it's going to be a big fight, or it's definitely going to be a showdown, and everybody's showing up. And uh, sure enough, it started. Uh, let's actually go into it. But the summary is: it started escalating, and it got to be uh, a gigantic fight, the type that are very rare in EVE Online, happen only once every few years. And uh, let's, let's go to that, uh, how that actually happened, uh, Carneros, or well, anybody. Well, during the 24 hours of the onlining period, uh, one of the things that happened is the Imperium uh, formed up the, the second supercap fleet, the shield tank supercap fleet, and moved them um, through from Delve, through Quirius, through Catch, um, <clears throat> to, to the side of Catch that's within one jump of the theater. And then they, but they left the first um, Super Cap fleet, the armor based one, in the 6RC Q Keep Star in Pure Blind. No, not Pure Blind, in Cloud Ring. So way the hell in the north still. So they're two, the two groups are fairly separate. But as you know, these two theaters are, are connected to each other and each affects the other. So when things heat up in one, things slow down in the other. Um, so we, we sent subcap fleets. You know, I, I don't want to speak for test for what they formed, but they formed stuff too. But we sent subcaps and shield caps and got them all ready. Nothing. For test, I think we had... Two full carrier fleets, at least one full dread fleet with a huge cash to reship everybody. I think we had a super carrier fleet and then another Titan fleet. Uh, Legacy, which is brave and warped intention on them. Uh, they had a serve fleet up. And then for test main subcap, we had a nightmare fleet. Almost all those fleets were close to full. And who was FCing the nightmare fleet? Uh, it started out with Pro God Legend and me as backup. But once stuff started escalating and ProGuard was like jumping from fleet command channel to fleet command channel, trying to micromanage everything going on and the Nightmare Fleet, me and 
on one of the other FCs, and Nightmare Fleet said, Pro God, just, just go do the other stuff. You got more important stuff to do. We got this. So he finally handed over the reins, and they went a lot smoother after that. He's trying to coordinate like six different fleets doing all this stuff, so it wasn't working out. One of my buddies at my local San Diego Eve player meetup uh, said he was in your Nightmare Fleet and had a really and had just had a great experience and thought it was a really good fleet. Oh yeah, the first half of it was great. The second half was really boring though. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, in a few minutes, we'll have Grath come in from uh, PL, and we'll get caught up on some of the stuff from his perspective. But uh, so here's this fight. It starts escalating. We're talking. Um, I don't know the order of things. Right? I would have to go back and look. But uh, who were the first Titans to jump in? Was it Test? Or yeah, it was definitely no, Legacy side. It was PL. Oh, Pandemic Legion actually put down the first Titans. What was yeah, that a response to, or was that just the first bold move? Uh, I think it was a response that their subcap fleets were dying pretty well, and they were not going to be able to hold the Keepstar at pause. Like, all the hack fleets, which I think most of the enemies, it was all hack fleets, Serbs, Eagles, stuff like that. For some reason, they had all landed on the same side of the Keepstar. So both the Goon Baltic fleet, the armor long-range battleships, and then Test Nightmare fleet were and our third fleet, we're all able to get on the same side and just start slaughtering all these hacks from range. And I think we got a couple of really good bombing runs off on them, too, if I'm not, I remember correctly. So they were all starting to yeah. die. All I know is the, um, the Pandemic Core Gila fleet was the first thing that came in and pretty much meat shielded and suicided on the Keepstar to start pause. And that thing was just dying horribly. So they realized they had to bring in the supers in order to pause the Keepstar timer. Yeah, for those of you that don't un, uh, understand uh, how keep stars work, when they're anchored, they're very vulnerable for the first. They're vulnerable for the first fifteen minutes. Then they go into a period of invulnerability as they complete their construction. But at the last fifteen minutes of that construction, they're vulnerable again. And in order to keep them from achieving uh, the final construction and being online and being able to operate. Uh, their timer has the damage has to be applied to the keep star thus holding the timer from going ticking down to zero and then the damage that's applied to it has to amount to a certain um amount to destroy it in the end so you're basically holding on to something and not letting it slip before it falls into a safety state where it can uh, fight back and that's what was going on so as subcaps from the attackers were attacking it uh, they were not achieving enough damage to keep that timer stopped, or they were go they were at risk of losing that grip, and so they brought in Titans, which are massive ships. And, and the concept the on the Titans yeah. is fit them with long range guns, use your or your long range guns or missiles to hold the keep star paused, and then use your doomsday weapons on enemy capitals or enemy super capitals as they get within range. So then what happened next? So PL dropped some Titans. Um, I think we already had a lot of our carriers on either on grid or already coming into the grid in Aspires of the Keepstar. Uh, at that point, we brought, started bringing the Titans and everything else right on the Keepstar and tether range. Uh, at this point, the Nightmare fleet had pretty much killed or chased off all the other subcap fleets. So we kind of just sat there for about an hour, I think, waiting for shit to happen. Is we all the other hostile subcap fleets, PL, Winter Coalition, all their subcaps had retreated underneath the umbrella of their supercaps, about 400 off the uh, Keepstar. 
And us nightmares weren't going to go in there and get in gun range of the Titans and Dreadnoughts because that would have been in Bailey. <laughs> so we just kind of sat behind our supers and carriers and cleaned up and killed the occasional person that logged back in that had disconnected in the main subcap brawl. Which it is sounds like a, a, a bit of a standoff there. Yeah, I mean, a lot of Eagles disconnected and Munins and everything else. So we just kind of sat there and one would probably come in every five minutes and reconnect and we just pop them and kind of watch. Right, so what was the next step that really escalated this fight? Uh, well, they started doomsdaying. Uh, I think Tess first doomsday volley worked, I believe, on an Erebus or Ragnarok. It's Erebus, yeah. And then or Winter Coalition, their first one worked and their second one didn't, which we were all laughing our asses off on test comms. Let, but, let me explain that for a second. In a, if your your Titan has this massive doomsday weapon, uh, if you're using it on a regular capital, it will pretty much kill a capital or, or get them low enough so that your guns and missiles can kill them or your helpers can kill them. But on a on a Titan on a, against another Titan, a doomsday is not enough to do a whole lot of damage to it. So what you need to do is gang up multiple Titans and get them all to fire at the same time on the same target. And that's called a volley. And then if you hit it with enough, you can, you can uh, clean it up a little bit and it'll die. Before you can get 40 Titans roughly these days. So that means you can't in a fight like this, you can't just drop in a small number of Titans. You have to drop in enough to sustain volleys against other side Titans. So that's what he's talking about when they, so, so PL's using their volleys back, but all their guns are going on the Keepstar. And then, uh, yeah, that's their first objective is to destroy the Keepstar, which is very interesting in this fight because the Keepstar is able to, uh, at this point, even though it's vulnerable, it's able to tether ships, which means it makes them immune to damage and it, caps them up uh and so and actually heals them up i believe so the point is that if you're a shield at least your shield so if you're a shield capital a shield titan that puts you at a great advantage because you have access to really quick capitor a capacitor um gain and uh i think it also repairs your shields so when, when, when they're hovering when around it it's like they're, when they're hovering when, around it it's like they're hovering around uh, a safety Area so taking out that Keepstar was actually the objective of the overall fight, but it was also a strategic objective or a tactical objective inside the fight as well. Carneros, yeah, when, okay, when they called for the Imperium Shield to jump in, um, I I jumped in two Leviathans personally and sat on the on the Keepstar tether. By the time the the tie dye had cleared enough and my screens had loaded. I was already fully capped up, which surprised the heck out of me. I didn't, I, you know, Leviathans after a jump take a while to cap back up, but no, they were fully capped. Uh, and I was able to turn on my shield hardeners before, you know, bef before everything had even actually loaded for me. Uh, so I was in good shape. Now, anytime they call for a volley and I doomsday or fire my missiles, I'm going to be temporarily vulnerable and targetable by the hostiles for like five minutes um, uh, until my timer stops. After, after I stop, I get five minutes and then I'm tethered again and can't be shot for a while. So that's nice. 
Yeah. It's a bigger advantage for a shield capital, tight, a shield super capital than it is for an armor because the shield needs capacitor more and the, the Keepstar represents free capacitor. Yeah, I thought that was a, a really amazing um, tactic. Uh, and that's what was neat about this fight. In my perspective, there's so many different things going on. The subcaps fighting. Um, there was, uh, you know, Titans fighting each other. There was capitals. There's a lot of capitals in there, too. And, and also, if I may interject, something yeah, sure. fun happened during that point that after the shields got jumped in um, and sea started raids forming supers and Titans from the north. And we are started resorbing also our six RCQ armor titans to get them towards there. And around that time that that happened, I woke up. So I woke up and see, uh, check, uh, logged in, etc. Some mumble and so like all commands comes full sitting. So I was like, hey, what's going on? Do you need any help? So pretty much after I woke up, I uh, formed the jacked off fleet to help uh, move our six RCQs, uh, supers and titans. Uh, towards uh, the front. And the reason why I farm jackdaws and bombers and those kind of things is one of the things that you want to do is uh, to have the enemy fleets make it as hard as possible for them to move towards the front. So what uh, you do is bring a lot of sabers and other dictors and put dictor bubbles all up all the time to make moving those big ships a lot harder and uh, try to keep them from getting there and that happened on both sides uh happened that and that uh, that's also a fun thing that happens in the background and uh, pretty much i got the supers into ex6 when i was there and then i had to log off and go to work that was my small part in there to move the armor supers from six rcq towards ex6 and then get them further themselves further to get armor into the fight uh in the end to get the advantage to us so well this is the interesting part because as this fight is raging in the south um and most parties are there even if they're northern fighters um i i, I the imperium scrambles the titans and the cap super capital fleet in the north to start moving south which at first sounded like a bluff because why would they move all the way down when this fight was going to be over in a matter of uh, three or four hours. Um, we'll go back to Killer B, who was an NC uh, FC. What was going on in NCs and the Northern Front at that point? Well, I mean, we just formed subcaps. We had planned to form subcaps initially anyway, so we formed up our Cerberuses, our subcap fleet, and we started bringing them down. We had them in, I think, at the start of the fight. And... Um, yeah, then when goons had their shield supers on grid and started moving the armor supers, we started moving our supers as well. So that's what you do when uh, your friends yeah, are committed and you see that uh, there's a larger force moving over there. We obviously can't, you know, we counter move as well. It's just, it's common, pretty common at this point. And uh, yeah, so we started moving ours. Like Apple Pear said, it was just us waterboarding them. Waterboarding is the term that people use for this oppressive dictering that uh, everybody does when it comes to these things. And they started waterboarding us and both Superfleet. I think Goons jumped in like 10 minutes before we were in range. So Goons were like a little bit faster than us. But, uh, well, as it turned out, that killed the server anyway. So didn't really matter to in the end. But yeah, it was definitely, uh, we, were, we pretty much both arrived at the same time still, even though, you know, we both waterboarded each other, kind of equalized it all out again. Uh, it's kind of funny. 
And uh, yeah, we were just doing our things with our subs. I would assume that at that point, subcaps were mostly shooting fighters uh, because Cerberus is actually pretty good at killing fighters. And, you know, that's probably what happened with the subs. Uh, at that point, it was a fully escalated capital fight. And once a, once a capital fight reaches a certain stage, subcaps basically get degraded to shooting you know fighter fighter killing uh duty they just do like killing fighters and subcaps itself become pretty irrelevant in in, the, in a big brawl like that uh, except for the fact that they're killing fighters but that's about it so uh yeah that's uh what we did pretty much we never so, loaded grit with those armor supers we never jumped in on like goons because when uh when we wanted to go in the servers did not die so yeah we uh never ended actually ended up jumping in so as as these reinforcements are marching down, it creates a dramatic tension to the fight because the fight's already escalated to a full blown um, class A super capital fight, uh, which there again there are very few per year. There's only been a few in history, uh, and you have uh, titans from PL against titans from Legacy going back and forth. Um, and as again, and we thought we we broadcast this live for hours it was about a seven hour fight total about 3400 3600 people were fighting in this fight a lot of them were in super capitals uh but uh, as as we're looking at the tactical stuff that's going on uh we hear that that the goons or imperium is coming down and at first it seemed like a joke because they all logged in and it was there was not a lot of activity in local. They're just kind of joking. But then we confirmed later that they were moving down and that's when it became definitive. They actually were moving. And that was about 300, um, I guess, uh, combined uh, fleet of super capitals. Do we know who made the first actual decision to move down? Was it NC or was it Goons? Oh, I'm certain it was Goons, or at least their information was known first. But uh, NC, uh, Killaby, was it a reaction to Goons coming down that you guys formed up? I was asleep when we started moving, but I was told that our form up, our super good form up, was a reaction to Goons starting to move their shit from 6RCQ. Yeah, we weren't planning. So we knew that Goons had pre moved their shield supers, and it was something we were fully expecting. Uh, but we didn't make any preparations initially ourselves to move our super fleet down. Uh, so it would make sense to me that, uh, like, you know, if, if, if the shield supers alone would have caused us to move down and we probably would have prepped something, uh, which we didn't, we didn't have any like sign roots or whatever prepped. Uh, when it started to look like that might go until downtime, we, we started sending out signals and prepping shit, of course. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I'm pretty sure it was a reaction to goons starting to log in the 6 uh, RCQ stuff. And then we logged in our stuff and just moved in, in uh, as well on the other side of the map. Goons went down the western side through like Fountain, Delph, Aquarius, basis i would assume i'm on actually no you went catch you went queries catch yeah and uh, we went through drones pretty much we went like mto i think and then in some other or some shell fuck no sorry for the cussing <laughs> and i think the the imperium's reaction uh to that made the armor fleet log in was was to was to seeing how the volleys were trading off between titans and deciding that uh it was going in our favor, so maybe we should up the ante. I don't know. I think it was partly a little bit of surprise that we we actually have a fully committed super cap battle with both sides on grid, bubbled and going for it. And then they just got excited and said, "Let's let's bring in everything." Uh, one thing that's made it easier for us, of course, is that 
when we were in Delve, it's pretty easy to move to Delve and move a big part of the way because it was our own space. And we had a few points that they bubbled us and made it a bit hard, but most of the way it was pretty okay to do. So that made, uh, I don't know how it went with the moving of the NC supers, etc. cetera. We, we had some annoyances and most biggest annoyance for us was when uh, we went into Fountain from, uh, from CloudRing and when we went into catch around that place, that were the biggest issues for us to get our supers and thing in and get out of the bubbles for the rest. It, it, there were some, but we had enough bombers to bomb them away and get them out of the way pretty okay. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure Tess had like one of our SIGs dedicated to just clearing bubbles over in catch. Jones are pretty pacified for us, so it's not too, it wasn't too rough for us to move through Jones. I think the main, uh, the main problems were in like scouting pass or something is where we got bubbled the most, uh, if I recall correctly. And that took us forever to get through that. But yeah, yeah. like I said, at the end of the day, we arrived like 10 minutes after goons. So yeah, but you started good. when? I mean, you guys really ran down. You started, what, a half hour after them and got there 10 minutes after them? I'm not sure exactly when we started moving and when goons started moving. I wasn't I wasn't there for that, mm -hmm. so I can't tell you that exactly. But uh, like I said, I can't I can't think. I don't think it was 30 minutes between us seeing that they're starting to move six SCQ stuff and us making the decision to move our own shit. I would assume that the second we saw them pinging six SCQ stuff, we would uh, we would like start pinging our own as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't think it was 30 minutes delayed from each other. Uh, but yeah, I, I would assume that would be indeed. Like if you see the other forming that you form also yourself that's just how it goes so yeah well uh so yeah they made it down because they were not tied up with tie-dye um so they were able to move at regular speed inside the game but inside the battle uh inside the system everything is slowed down right to uh, accommodate that many people fighting at the same time uh, so time's moving slower and this is one of the factors that you can consider in these big fights, a uh, fight is moving at a slower pace. You're able to get there and affect the fight theoretically a lot sooner in the fight's time uh, than if you were, um, than if all things were normal. So well, moving think, down uh, a fleet is not such a bad idea. Latest, uh, fatigue changes for all that. <laughs> right. And there's some, uh, some things that make travel even easier than it used to be not that long ago. So this is the dramatic quandary that these people are in uh inside the inside the system there is a relatively even fight going back and forth with uh, all kinds of different ships from small ships to uh, giant ships and you have reinforcements on the way these massive capital ship reinforcements this is looking like it's going to be the biggest fight that eve has ever seen uh, in fact it already is the biggest fight that eve has ever seen in a certain in a certain concentration of capital ships that are there and on their way uh so the thing is there's a clock ticking and it's not the keep star because essentially the keep star could not be defended and it, it was destroyed so objective number one goes to the aggressor pandemic legion um but it's downtime uh downtime is when the game will get interrupted for server downtime and at that point everything is logged off and then as soon as it comes up 15 minutes later everybody tries to log in at the same time and only a few people get in at a time. So it's usually in a fight this big, the people who can get back on the quickest are the ones that can control the field. So the people that are arriving after just get destroyed one after another as they arrive. So you either come back on first or you don't come back at all. And we'll talk about what that means later. But uh, as this fight is going on, 
the reinforcements are within range and they get bubbled by uh, interdictor ships. So they're stalled. They can't jump. They're trapped. Uh, they're tangled up and they're not able to get in until uh, later. But in the meantime, inside the system itself, volleys of doomsdays are going off. Uh, and who who is it that gets one of the leader of Winter Coalition, Noros, his Titan gets destroyed, gets Elphid off the field. Um, so, well, what what did we see in the fight around this time? Like what was going on now that the Keepstar is destroyed? The fight's really on. Well, the key- yeah, I mean, first of all, the, the keeps are being destroyed seemed to reduce the lag quite a bit because the tethering was gone. Tethering is one of those things that seem to be that seems to be causing a lot of the uh, lag and server performance issues at the moment. So, uh, the keeps are being destroyed was nice because the server it seemed like at least that the server was working a little bit better. Um, Test was doing really well at the devolving stuff, whereas PL and Try and Co were. Uh, struggling a little bit. I think it, when I logged on, I think the last update, like the first update I, I got when I woke up was like five and five and two or something like that, or f- something like so. Legacy, Legacy, and Imperium had killed five Titans, and they had only lost two. Um, two of those Titans that were killed were disconnects that were caught at the safe spot and killed as well, which uh, is also yeah, something you got to give Legacy credit for. They did have. They did have probas and squads ready to probe disconnected uh, people. Uh, when you disconnect um, mm-hmm. in this game, you usually, if you're aggressed, you warp to a um, to like kind of a safe spot, a million kilometers roughly off where the fight is happening. So, um, and you can probe those ships down, sitting there in that safe spot with with probes. Um, so, Legacy did probe down the disconnected Titans, and they had separate dreads or uh, some sort of like subcap fleet i think uh that was responsible of probing down dc titans and just killing them so uh yeah two of those titans they had killed or three were dd volleyed and the other two were killed disconnected and uh from that point on it went pretty favorable for for um for legacy and, and imperium though they did coordinate uh, i i assume they did coordinate the dd volleys a bit better i also heard that one problem was that the part of the tri titan fleet was not in range of um of the legacy titan fleet because of the way they set up their super caps on grid uh and there was a couple of factors that basically uh made it you know made it look uh favorable for um made it look very favorable for test uh in terms of who's trading better in the dd volleys so that was going on at that point in time pretty much and uh Mm -hmm. yeah well you mentioned you were sleeping how did the time zones figure into this conflict I mean, it didn't. I wasn't planning on sleeping. I I had work. I got back from work at like one a.m. my time, and our form up was at three thirty a.m. my time. So I basically stayed up for two and a half hours, and then doing our form up, I fell asleep um, because I was really tired from work, and I basically kind of just laid. Like I kept my headset. My my headset has a really long cord, right? So I kept my headset on my head, but laid down in bed. <laughs> so just so just so I could hear when when stuff was going down. But obviously, when you uh, when you're actually fully asleep. Uh, you don't actually hear much anymore so uh we we undocked and we started like going and i they slept through all of it and i work, woke up at i think i think i woke up at like 8 a.m my, my time or 9 a.m my time so about five hours after that with my headset still on with like people still yelling in my ear i was obviously on the on the discord and on the on mumble and shit uh, so that was pretty funny and then i basically just got back up sat there back down on my computer and uh well had somebody bring me up to speed and then went from there sort of thing. 
So time zones, I don't know, man. Honestly, for a kind of timer like that, where everybody, like the EVE community is very committed compared to other gaming communities. Um, like alarm clocking is a very common thing in EVE. And while we all pretend that we have like, you know, real life and all that stuff, um, uh, when when something like this goes down, everybody just wakes up, everybody sets an alarm clock and gets into the fight, which is also why I think EVE is uh, a much better game than most other games out there. Yeah, I'd like to introduce... Uh, Graf, uh, who's just joined us from Pandemic Legion, uh, he's just, just waking up, so we'll give him a minute to sh- shake off the the coffee, the lag. Well, I think it's great that uh, Killaby that you're uh, laying down to try to get some sleep with uh, headphones on. That's just a great image of dedication. I'll, I'll, I'll tell an opposite story on that for a second. I'm uh, I I had a uh, I live in California, but I had a job interview the next morning at 5.30 in the morning with a company in London, and I know it's on video conference, and they're going to, just like this, they're going to see me and talk to me. So I stayed up all night in this battle and went right from that, cleaned up a little bit, got on camera, did the interview with them. I'm, I'm exhausted, but I'm trying to fake being all great. And uh, yeah, but I passed, so that worked out in the end. And then I went to sleep. Uh, let's see. Uh, Graf, can you hear us very well? Might be having internet problems. <clears throat> Not very no, promising. You see, I see that even for the six hours you keep star online timer. What what happened for me there was I uh, went to bed at uh, 2200 p.m., woke up at 2.30 a.m., did a fight in my Baltic fleet, then went to did a shower and then went for a nine-hour working day. Those things happen, and everybody has those kind of stories, and that's just uh, how committed people are, what they want to do, and they just want to be with these fights. They want to be tell, I was there, I was a part of it, because those damn things are epic. Yeah, these that are the historic sure. fights. Sorry, this is, Sorry. This is, uh, this is where I play E4, and I assume a lot of people play E4. Raven? Amen. Oh, no, I'm just saying, that's why they make energy drinks, was so for gamers. That, sorry, that's what? That's why they make energy drinks for gamers. Oh, oh I never thought of that. Like three monsters within a 24-hour period, which is not healthy. Uh, you can do a lot of damage with those things on your body. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, so does sleep deprivation and all that. But the, the as Apple Pear is saying, this is, this is meaningful war. This is meaningful fights. And this is really where um, it's not about, I, I think I... You know, complained about this the other day on open comms and live broadcasts of a battle that actually didn't happen just a few days ago that people were like, hey, thanks for actually fighting. Thanks for putting these assets at risk. Uh, and Rain Chocolate knows what I'm talking about because I was uh, arguing with her and Brisk about it. But to me, the point is not to thank people for doing something they are compelled to do. It's, their, it's what they're going to do anyway. Uh, and that's what Eve compels you to do. It's to fight for something. It's not just to provide content. And to me, content is a word that developers use. And I know Eve players are like developers in some way, but no, we're just supposed to care about the stuff that we care about in the game, not see it from uh, the perspective of being outside and the, self, the self-identifying, the self hey, we're having fun. Isn't this fun? Just uh, it, it rings like a distraction to me, I think like killer B did laying there with your headphones, trying to sleep. It's like a doctor on call. It's you're compelled to do it. And that's, what's so great about Eve online. Uh, so it's not a matter of thanking people for doing what they're compelled to do. It was their duty to do it. 
Okay. Also, is this better? I feel yeah. like yeah, yeah, that fixed everything. Okay. Sweet. All right, we can hear you now. Grath, what went on there in the in the battle? Uh, get us caught up on PL, or tell us anything about the uh, the battle and it. You know what was going on? Oh, in ALX. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was uh, really calm. I, I I wasn't in. Okay, so I wasn't in command channels. I'm not. I'm just a, a line scrub at this point. Yeah, but I will say that I've I've complained over the past few days. I feel like they did the same thing we did in B dash R. All the dreads came in and they were like, "Fuck the Titans, let's shoot the dreads." And I was like, "No, I know how this ends." <laughs> right. And we had plenty of reshifts for those dreads too. So shoot them all day. Yeah, that's what I was. I was, and I was just confused by it or whatever. I guess it all kind of worked out in the end. Uh, but it was, as a line member, when I watched that go down, I was just, I, I smacked myself in the forehead. I was, I said, I've definitely seen this movie before, and it ends with us getting murdered in a closet. Well, I think that's one of the main advantages we had in this situation. We had a lot more like alts and carriers and dreadnoughts to just keep throwing at you guys while the super fleets were pretty even. Yeah, we got a fuck ton of facts. Just take the dreads with facts. It's fine. Let them, let them chew through them. Jump more in. I don't care. Oh, yeah. Well, that first dread, the first dread wave, we tried going for a Titan, and then we realized in lag it just wasn't going to happen. That's when we switched switch them all over to killing your faxes and seemed to work okay. Yeah. I got to tell you, like, it's really a pain in the ass to warp around and try and catch up with your anchor if you lose him in a fight like that. I literally tried <laughs> for an hour and a half, almost two hours to get back to Headliner, just warping the pings on grid and warp back down and it was so slow by the time I'd warp back in, he'd be 80 to 100 kilometers off. And I'm listening to these damn streamers like, we're going to get grass. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I just want to be somewhere else. By the way, uh, confirmed first kill for the PL side was uh, you uh, killing, uh, I believe it was a bomber. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that bomb wave that came in and tried to bomb us as we warped in the grid was about 40 kilometers off of us. And uh, so all the bombs never came anywhere near us, but it was so slow and so hard for the bombers to get, get back out that we just started nuking bombers. So, Grath, you, you drew first blood in this fight. It, it sounds, that sounds, uh, sounds like something I do. Yeah, yeah, it's on the record. Uh, Highest so what's... level of testosterone in the system, might as well get it done. Now, I, I don't want to draw too many comparisons with BTECR. That seems to be the watermark for big battles in EVE Online, but... I do want to explore that because you said I've already seen this movie and it ends badly for us. So tell us the comparison between BTech R and this and how it's different and how it's the same. Oh, I can tell you one real quick. Yeah, this go ahead. On BTech R didn't crash and this one <laughs> yeah. did. Yeah. Which is yeah, the note deal. held for 19 hours of BTech R. I probably would have been much happier if it had crashed earlier in that fight uh, than this one. This one only lasted 10 hours before everything buckled and folded up. Um, other than that, I. I think if you had seen it play out long enough, I am pretty sure the results might have been a little bit similar the way things were going. Um, though you never know. It's really hard. Like, I don't like... No. Seems like okay, there's so a lot of... This is the thing I think a lot of FCs make the mistake of, right? They talk about what should happen in the battle rather than what's going to happen with the, in the battle because of server performance. Like, if you're... I feel like if you're a quality FC, you, you don't plan on what should happen or what the numbers tell you is going to happen. You plan around what you know the stupid-ass server is going to do. Well, that's why we both bubbled our entire fleets because we knew disconnects would ruin us. Exactly, exactly. That's why everybody does that now, right? Like you jump in, you bubble your fleets and stuff like that. And so at some point you, you question why we started shooting dreads. And on the other hand, after the head GP fight in the same Halloween war uh, where goons lost 500 dreads, the decision to jump 500 dreads in seems like it might not have been the best because there was a potential at that point for the server to lock itself up. 
Uh, you guys jumped them in in waves, so that was a little better. But uh, like a goons jumped all 500 at once. Uh, and that, that ended up really bad for them. If nobody remembers, they lost 500 dreads over the course of like an hour and a half or two hours or something like that as they never loaded grid and just died miserably. And so... And that was in BTECR, you're saying? No, that was in head. It was a few days before right. BTECR. Okay. It was yeah. the first time they tried to really get down on us, I think, with Alpha Fleet in a way that would have hurt, but they jumped everything at once. And so it didn't really hurt. Uh, it just locked the server up and everything gets killed. Right. I remember that was a big battle, except that it got overshadowed a couple of days later by BTAC R. Right. But at the time, they were, as each new Titan or, or Dreadnought would jump in, it wouldn't have its shields. It wouldn't have any its stuff turned on. It wouldn't, it would be low cap. And it could be picked off pretty quickly uh, before it even had an opportunity to load grid and do stuff. So, yeah. And that's another thing that everybody that fought in BR or any of those big fights where everything dies, who's screaming about why you guys didn't just log in after the node crash. Well, because everybody that's been in big capital fights before knows that after a node crash, when you log back in, nothing is right. You don't have cap. Your modules will be offline. Sometimes they'll just be outright unfitted from the ship entirely. And so everybody that was, and I, I feel weird because I know that the test pilots logged back in and some of them had to see weird things like that. So to ask, why didn't you just log back in and fight it out like a man after that? That would be that's a great idea, assuming that everything was on your ship the way it was supposed to be before the crash happened. That's never the case, right? And, so, and of uh, course, and of course, after the disconnect, the note crash, etc., all the fighters you had out were disconnected. Yeah, gone. Right. That's all gone. So you don't have fighters. You got modules offline. You got three percent cap. You got nothing really uh, where it's supposed to be or how it's supposed to be, and nobody's going to log back into that situation. Gonna do what we did and just play Lots safe and smart. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, I, I, again, going back to the BTEC R uh, UALX UALX um, comparison, it seemed like BTEC R was first of all a mistake. It wasn't supposed to happen. Although the tension was there and the assets were in place, it wasn't supposed to happen. It was a, a something that just happened. But this was a planned assault. Uh, did that have? Did that make any difference? Yeah, numbers were way higher. I think. I think you find that, like the BDAC R thing, because it was spontaneous. Numbers were managed, but kept manageably low. Whereas with this one, since we had days and days to plan it, the entire world showed up. We were, which is, I think, both sides are way more prepared for it too. Yeah, three ships and everything else. The other thing was when it happened, because the mistake in BTAC R happened really close to down after downtime. So they had really almost 24 hours to fight it out. But this time it was planned for only six or seven hours before downtime. Yeah, that's also why a lot of people went. I would I would think that it's also uh, justifying a lot of the decision making in terms of commitment, because, you know, uh, worst case, we're going to sit here for, you know, Worst case, we're going to sit here until downtime, which was only like six hours out. And there's not like in, in a fight like that with the servers being as slow as they are at that point, uh, there's like not that many. Like if the note if the note hadn't crashed, maybe both sides would have lost like two, three more Titans each. And that would have been it. Right. And uh, as, as much as it hurts to say that uh, even now, uh, you know, I think the how many times did the PL uh, tries that actually end up losing like. 11 12 which is a joke like 11 12 titans are not a, not much anymore like that can effectively be mined by a corporation of rockles in i don't know man a month or two if you're just mining with like 
10 it really take that long will it it's like yeah well, it depends how yeah it depends how much uh, how many rockles you have of course but it's, it's just so easy to uh to replace the kind of stuff same for tappy tappy and and pl are both going to have an equally easy time replacing that kind of stuff and uh you know that's also i think why a lot of fcs committed um when maybe in another scenario maybe if the fight started right after downtime i think there was there would have been less commitment uh because people didn't have that safety net called uh, downtime there yeah and tappy is a different name for test same group but uh another thing and that points out another difference is the 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 titans that were dying in btac r were old war horses right graph those are your words oh yeah some of those are some of the titans that died in that fight were some of the oldest in the game for sure. Yeah, so they'd have a history. They were, as far as memory goes, much more valuable than the Titans yes. that are being used the first or second time in this in this newer fight. Yeah, some yes. of these Titans are secondary and tertiary Titans for pilots too. Like those large. Like some guys have the keep stars have given you the option of stacking up a couple extra Titans, and some people, like one guy, actually said in the in the in one of the threads where they like people talk about what they learned from the fight or whatever that we have. He's like. In a fight like this, it's okay for me to just have one thing on grid. Having three three titans and two supers on grid, it's just too much effort, too much commitment to a to a single field, and too much to concentrate on. Yeah, I mean, uh, funnily enough, a backup titan isn't even like a thing you joke about anymore. Much like there's plenty of people who have backup titans, and it's just something. It's a little weird, but it's just the way that the game has shifted, I guess. So that's fine. You know, people still get excited for Titan Brawls, and they should be. It's still the biggest possible escalation in this game. I'm still still waiting for the T2 Titans or some some stuff like that. Um, you know, right now, the biggest escalation that there there is in the game is Titans versus Titans. And so it's it's right that people get excited for it. Uh, I'm just saying that the, it's not as hard as... Like, the, the first Titan loss way back in the day was a huge deal because, like, an entire alliance worked on that thing for weeks and, you know, all that logistics that went into that. Nowadays, it's just uh, such a, such a, like, little amount of work that has to go into actually building a Titan. Can all be done by one guy, right? Like one guy mines and builds the whole thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just I looked up, looked it up for myself. I my first Titan I had in February 2017, and my goal was to have one of each race, and I finished that earlier this month. So one one year three months I got myself from zero Titans to all four, and and I just did it slowly, and not with a lot of effort. If you have other people who do a lot of effort in it, I know people who have in like a few weeks mined together enough to get six titans and those kind of things. It's just pretty easy to get there, especially with skill injectors. You just make the pilot like a few days before you get a titan out of build. It makes it a lot easier for people uh, to get there and have fun with it and play with it. We can also store your spare titan these days on like before, but you just needed a whole other character. No, True. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, uh, Keepstar's changed a lot that way. And yeah, I so think some of the older alliances have been really slow to recognize the value of a Keepstar and how much they are both need. Everybody makes fun of us, like, oh, PL holds Sob now. That's great. I'm glad, I'm glad you got a joke. But the game changed, and you have to change with it. You actually have to have uh, Keepstars if you want to have a functional supercarrier fleet. You have to have at least one. Now, they're making fun of you because PL said, we're living the Merc life, we mercenary life. We're not going to stay anywhere. We're going to move Yeah, nobody's going to pay us anymore. You know how much it costs to move <laughs> us into your area? Like, nobody wants to put that. They're like, hey, how much would it cost you to do this? And we're like, well, it's $30 billion just to move us in the area. And everybody shits a brick. What? <laughs> I know. All the money going around. What? Chiefs Gates. They got to spend it on Titans, I guess. But um, 
so again, there are some differences and some things that are the same with uh, BTECR and that uh, it, it kind of looks the same. Um, Titans trapped fighting each other. Titans are the things that matter pri- primarily. Although this fight seemed different to me in that, yeah, people, as Grath was saying, started shooting dreadnoughts with doomsdays and trying to lower the, I don't know, cumulative volleys that the dreadnoughts could do to Titans. Uh, and people were destroying faxes or uh, force auxiliaries, which are logistics ships that heal or break or uh, repair the bigger ships uh, in battle. Like I, I saw different things happening that I was surprised by. I think a lot of the Dread Doomsdays were because a significant portion of the Eastern Titans came in at a range disadvantage, as in they could not fire on the uh, hostile Titans. They were just the way the population went as they, you know, as they jumped in and where they were populated around the, the Sino put yeah. them out of range. And if you ta- if it takes you like at that kind of time, uh, it'll it'll it's gonna take you around one DD cycle to you reposition your titans to be in range of the enemy titans. So you might as well use your doomsday on something, oh, and uh, and uh, you know a dread in that case, I guess. Probably but you're generally killing dreads because you you never kill dreads because you're afraid of losing a titan to dreads anymore. That's not a thing. You kill them because you wanna reduce the like the kill ratio of your faxes, right? Because as soon as all your faxes are dead and all the faxes you have as backup, then you're just going to start losing shit without being able to save it at all uh, to gun pressure as well. So there's no way that with even like 50, 60 facts, right? With 50, 60 facts on grid, there's almost no amount of dreads that can kill a Titan just because of how uh, how much one single fax can can rep in terms of uh, DPS on a, on a fitted Titan. So uh, it's always about, you know, just our faxes need to live long enough and that's why you want to clear dreads, but again, in a, in a fight like that, it probably didn't make much sense. Part of the problem is Doomsday, Doomsday seems to be the only actual mod that works on Titans in these kind of fights. Like, you try to yeah. switch ammos or anything like that, no, that will never work. It's not just the only thing that works on Titans, it's generally the only reliable weapon system, period, point blank. Oh, yeah. Like, you need 50 guys, or 30 guys, or 40, I'd say 40 guys, but that one dude tanked 38 Doomsday, so who the hell knows anymore, but... You need basically 40 or 50 guys that can just point at a guy and he dies in the leg. And that's the only thing that's ever going to kill anything. Because if you were in a dread in that fight, one of those 500 dreads that jumped in, I bet you've got some grim-ass story of how your guns fired, like, maybe three times an hour. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had a Titan on grid. I tried switching modules out. I got, like, one module switched out in the course of five hours. Well, I heard the server prioritizes Doomsdays above other things, doesn't it? Or is that yeah, so there was this one interview, I think, once where CCP, someone said, uh, I think it was after 9 Tech 4, I think it was Falcon, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure who it was exactly, but mm-hmm. uh, they said that there was some sort of a prior, prioritization list in terms of what uh, modules go up. And there's like, apparently fighters are super low on that list or and, and like guns are really low on that list and Doomsdays are really high up, which is why, uh, yeah, why we'd, we'd have to play it uh, like that. It's kind of it's it's actually really interesting and and funny and sad. It's like kind of all the emotions together. How much we, you know, you don't have to. A lot of the game strategies in these big fights are not just evolved around what your enemy brings and what your enemy is also what the server can do and what the server does. And it just seems a little awkward. You have to fight your, your enemies and CCP. Also, there's a bunch of butt mad people in your chat over there. I don't think they've been reading Reddit today to know that a lot of the Titans and Supers are out now. No, dude, oh, trust me. Don't that's... don't tell them that. They will go to Reddit and then yeah, they will. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're almost there. Hold on. Grant, I'm just uh, just a tip for the future, man. During TIS, never rechat. It's hilarious. I mean, you could rechat afterwards. It's it's actually I'll, hilarious. I'll ask her. But uh, I'll ask yeah. her chat, please, to like behave. I, I'm starting to see stuff I don't like, and I don't want to time people out because we want everybody to be able to contribute. 
but uh, you got to you got to respect the people up here, and they got to respect you too. So ah, oh, it's fine. They don't have to respect uh, me. Fuck them all. <laughs> hey, you got to respect them too. That's what I was <laughs> part of that. All right, so um, so the battle's raging. Reinforcements are trying to get in. Goon Swarm finally untangles itself and jumps into the Imperium. Uh, and boom, like the uh, we have like ten Titans down on one side, three or four on the other. Uh, the server crashes, uh, and then I, I actually was asleep at this point because I had to work the next day. But what happened after that? Did uh, uh, Legacy log back in first? No, I mean it's not really about who logs in first. It lo- uh, it's about I mean it ki- kind of is as well. Yes, it is kind of a mix of who logs in first and who was winning the fight before the the, the, the crash slash the DT happened, right? And it was pretty obvious that uh, that uh, Legacy and Imperium were kind of uh, were winning the fight. They were winning the Doomsday volleys. Uh, they were doing better than than uh, PL Tri and Co did. Um, so even even if Goon Superfleet uh, Armor Superfleet had loaded and DNC dot Armor Superfleet had loaded. It would have really done nothing in terms of the trading uh, value because us and goons had pretty much the same amount of armor titans, so it would have just added like more titans on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was a factor of okay, it didn't look like PL and Co were winning, so they make the call not to log in whenever the node is back up. And uh, of course, at that point, uh, you know, it's whatever. Like they, they were never going to log in to begin with, even if they managed to log in their subcaps first or something like that, they would have never logged in there. Uh, their super caps and stuff. I don't think. So that's uh, plus plus the original strategic objective of the Keepstar was was gone. The Keepstar was already dead at that point. That's right. true right. as well. Like. I want to introduce uh, CCP Falcon. Thanks for joining us. I know you're hey, busy. Kids. Hey Falcon. What's wow. up, Falcon? I heard you've been having a rough couple of days. Doom's been Doom's been trolling people, and you're catching shit for it. Dude, I've been like, I've been having a rough couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I want to be super clear. Like, there, I, I can't, I don't have anything to do with leadership, but I know for a fact that we didn't ask anybody to petition their way out of it. We had a plan. We have a plan. We've we've had a plan the entire time. It did not involve CCP's fucking petition system. I've been playing this game for 12 fucking years. I've never gotten banned, right? And I have zero intent to have anybody that, like, like Headliner's not going to get banned. I don't know, unless Doom Chinchilla keeps fucking with Falcon, he's not going to get banned either. Like, nobody's going to do anything from our side that's going to get 12-year-old accounts shitted on here. Uh, like, so, like, from my point of view, I'm, like, not even that bothered about all the shit that's been thrown around, man. The only thing that I worry about is our, is our customer support team catching flack because it's out of order. Right. I've you actually, guys didn't move us, enough, for sure. Funnily enough, I have literally just posted like a huge long wall of text on Reddit to clarify exactly what's happened internally over the course of the last few days. Uh, I've been talking to one of our lead GMs, uh, put something together, and I've literally just posted it on r slash eve like five minutes ago. Uh, so if anyone wants to read it, they can go over and read it right now. I'm expecting some salt and some angriness, but fundamentally, like all of these claims that we've moved people or moved people off grid or done whatever or this or that or the other, uh, total horseshit. Like there's no way that we want to interfere with this this engagement, this fight, this siege, all this conflict on the whole, because it's not in our best interest, and why would we do it anyway? And everyone who is high-level enough to understand the metagame of EVE and not, is not an idiot understands that too and isn't messing around. Can you, uh, because I just opened your post, it's very long, can you TLDR it maybe? Is it like just... They didn't move anybody. One dude moved. They moved him. One dude got moved accidentally. They moved him back. Um, so they didn't move anybody. 
interest, in the interest of total clarity, two guys accidentally got moved uh, by one of our junior GMs. One was a guy in an Erebus and one was a guy in a Revelation. The guy in the Erebus, we actually just moved back this morning, so it sucks to be him, but he shouldn't have petitioned erroneously. The other guy was in a Revelation. Um, he got moved uh, back to a a station in a system somewhere. Um, he then subsequently got out of the ship um, and it was handed to another member of his corporation who then used it in a different op. So it's not like we can put that dude who's now in the ship into ULX. That would be incredibly unfair. That'd be awesome, though. It would be a super dick move, <laughs> but also mildly funny. It's a cursed ship. <laughs> also, uh, can you are you, not, are you allowed to mention what alliance the Erebus was from or no? In the interest of not being an arsehole and pinning things on people, I'm not going to mention okay. which alliance okay. is involved. I have an idea, but we'll see. Uh, can you tell us what your idea is? I think it's skill yourself. They're the ones that had the idea to do it in the first place. So I'm going to just what, assume that one of them. That's the one it. I figured. Right. They're trapped. In, so who's tra Okay. So the, the battle gets uh, to downtime and it, the, the servers go down for their cycle, their usual cycle. At that point, uh, who is basically trapped in that um, stasis? Uh, PL, right? Pandemic Everyone. Legion, skill yourself. Winter Coalition. Winter like I had a ton of dreads and everything else. Winter did? Yeah. So most of our dreads actually never loaded in system, which was something because we had 120-ish dreads that we were signing in as the fight like started. And after the, the node crashed and we were telling people not to like, log back in, we were kind of worried about like, oh, what are we, how are we going to get these dreads, uh, dreads out? Fortunately, most of them were in alts, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but then we like did some internal, like we pulled some APIs and we got some data internally. And turns out that only like 30 or 40 of those threads actually loaded grid before the, the node crashed because we jumped our threads in pretty much after the goon armor superset loaded. And at least from what uh, what I could tell, it was the, it was the goon armor titan starting to DD one of the, I think, PL Molochs that caused the node to crash. I mean, that's just what it looks like looked like for us from a, uh, from a player point of view. Because that's kind of what uh, what happened last before the node crashed, and um, only like thirty of those threads actually ended up uh, being on grid. So we we got pretty lucky. Uh, obviously, we had a lot of subcap stuck, but uh, yeah. So that's yeah, I mean, like there. from from what you're saying there, it sounds like um, it sounds exactly like what my suspicions were. I mean, the um, they're they're talking about internally, they're figuring out exactly what caused the node's death and stuff. But um, from watching the broadcast and seeing when the node died. And from hearing from people as well, I've heard from like a lot of FCs, a few people were on the field as well. It seems like a combination of a big group of uh, hostile dreads jumping in and then a big group of defending titans at the same time all DDing was like, it just like made the node have a heart attack, basically. It was just all, <laughs> everything happened at once. that server was in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really, really funny, but um, I was talking to um, uh, CCP Goliath or... Um, our QA director, and we're actually looking at some of the data from the node, and it was like the node was pegged at 100% CPU for like eight hours or something, and like the thermal data for that for that particular server is just ridiculous. Yikes. Man, we could break shit like nobody else. I swear to God. So uh, somebody asked, "What is the node death?" Um, it's the the really really easy way of saying um, the node that. Uh, or the server, the server core, the process that is hosting a solar system just basically falls over and dies because it becomes saturated with requests or information or anything like that. So it's just basically to the point where 
you get down to 10% tie-dye and then you get into sort of the, the murky last 10% that is really, really messy where sort of things don't really work anymore. And then you get to the point where the server just kind of gives up and goes, ah, I'm, I'm not playing anymore. And just basically the process dies. What you get first is you get latency to the point where we start to get warnings that there's a missing heartbeat, um, which means the server's basically not responded. And then you get the final death, which is basically the process kills itself. And then what happens is TQ says, okay, this process has died. Uh, these solar systems were on this process. I'm now going to remap all of these solar systems that were on this process to different nodes so that we can bring those systems back online. So, so that's that node then stays down while it remaps. That node, that actual, um, that actual node itself remains out of rotation until downtime. I think um, it just remains dead basically, and then it dynamically gets allocated a new set of systems at downtime uh, via a load balancer. <laughs> Such a funny description. Uh, it starts missing heartbeats, and then it falls over dead, and then it gets redistributed after it's, everything's reset. Yeah, uh, no fault to you guys. We're putting a lot of weight on that. Like we're definitely putting more weight than pretty much anybody else ever puts on any game that they've ever made. I feel like server companies should just like want to test their shit on our game because if we can't yeah. break it, nobody can. Well, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm in the yeah. office right now because uh, I'm writing uh, I'm writing like a million and one different things. I mean, I'm putting together a blog for the Alliance tournament that's hopefully going to go out like start of this week. And I've also been working with CCP Explorer. I'm uh, writing a blog with him just about uh, everything that's happened over the course of like since the DB issues we started to have last November, right through the deployment of the chart, and then a little bit more about what's happened recently just to kind of shed some light on sort of the sheer amount of load that's been put on the cluster recently. Um, and it's been it's been pretty nuts. But uh, yeah, you guys are like, uh, you guys are totally nuts in terms of the number of people and the amount of server load you put on stuff i think we're like for for ibm we must basically be some form of like weird science experiment i mean we brought two carrier fleets and super fleet with the fighters so you're welcome well and that's a thing like uh, what was interesting again another comparison would be tech art of what was different is that the when the titans faced off in btac r it was deliberate uh on the part of the players to keep subcaps out of the fight that um, didn't happen here yeah, and that didn't happen here. You had a subcap fight along with a, a, a Titan fight, and uh, that is a much bigger strain on the system than uh, BTEC R might have been. At least all the subs were dummies, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. The, the difference between here and B-R is there were more people here, but there were less sentry drones here, and I'm not sure what... Like, BTEC R had a lot of sentries. There were dummy fleets that were outside of the system, but there were also just ass tons of carriers in the system that all had... Well, fighters deployed, or sentry drones deployed, and now in this fight we just had fighters. And I am 100% the biggest fan in this game of the fighter rework that they did. I think it's the most engaging, difficult to master, fun gameplay that there is. Fighter on fighter fights, oh fuck! You just Top Gun music playing the whole time in your head. It's really <laughs> fun. And uh, so, but I just think that there's something going on. the The server doesn't like it when we launch a hundred super carriers worth of fighters as much as it. You know, you guys, I think, worked at it a long time to get it to accept it. I mean, the number of drones we were shitting out on the field. And so regular sentries seem to perform better in high lag situations than the fighters are right now. I don't know. what I, I, have, I have zero technical proof to back any of that up, but it's just a feel from the way the game flows. For the yeah, I, mean, I brought in, my view I brought in Pro God Legend is... to join us for this. Sorry, Falcon. I just brought in Pro God Legend to join cool. us uh, for this discussion more. Go ahead, Falcon. Yeah, I mean, my, my view on like uh, the way that our server works and the way that things uh, the way that things run is like um, 
it's just it, my I have a really really layman's view of it. Uh, like our guys are like wizards when it comes to making sure that all this stuff works uh, for most for the most part. Um, but yeah, I mean like it was it was a really really different fleet makeup this time for this uh, this engagement than what I've seen in the past. At least from my layman's perspective, I'm not really into like big scale fleet tactic uh, big scale fleet tactics and like crazy big doctrines that you guys use in Nulsic. I'm more about small gang stuff, but I was really surprised to see like the number of hacks and the number of other things that were on the field that we haven't seen used in the past. It was, there was like, it felt like when I was looking at the overview, I don't really have like a full understanding of some of the doctrines that you guys use in Nulsic. So it felt a bit kitchen sinky to me until I realized what was actually happening. Yeah, a little, yeah. little shout out to the balance team there. Hex are viable again. Okay. Yeah, hacks are great now. Uh, there was like 400 hacks on the field for this fight. And there was a di pretty diverse field of subcaps. You had destroyers, you had frigates, you had, you know, cruisers. There were Feroxes. I know because I landed in the middle of the test Ferox fleet twice trying to get back to Headliner. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there was all it's, different um, size ships there. Yeah, it's uh, no, no group wants to be the side that escalates with capitals first because that kind of commits you to the field. So, you know... One group brings subcaps so they can try and just kill the kid star with subcaps. We counter with subcaps so that we don't have to drop all of our capitals just to kill their subcaps. Um, we ended up dropping some carriers. They dropped all their capitals. We dropped all our capitals. You, you never want to go all the way up the escalation path unless you absolutely have to. Always slow play it, right? Yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the skill move. You want the other guy to, you want to have the last card to lay on the table. Absolutely. And I mean, we always used to talk about that, like way back in the day, you know, when people used to bitch about how the balance and mechanics were and stuff like that, it was like somebody would commit, you know, 300 T3s to the field and somebody else would commit 300 battleships to the field. And then the very next thing they hit the field would be just fucking 55,000 slow cat carriers. And, and that's how it, it, it would always go. And everybody was like, it would be nice if there was a more mix. And in this fight here, and then actually in most of the fights you've seen lately on the larger scale, you have a gradient of all the ships so that there are yeah. literally a sea of fucking vigils. I hate vigils all over the field, painting Fitch. everything that holds still, that Fitch won't hold still. Vigils are the greatest ships ever to have. I, I, hear, I hear you. I hear oh, you. Man. Fuck them. But all I, the way up. <laughs> yeah, I think balance has gone in the right direction in a lot of ways. Um, it's gone in the wrong direction in some ways, which with the game is complicated, Eve, is always going to happen. But um, it's it's nice that... I mean, the biggest change to me, the biggest positive change to me was that you no longer have to have a critical mass to even score a single capital kill. Back when every single Aeon could be a logistic ship and Titans and Aeons had at least 30, 40 million EHP. It was like if you didn't have enough DDs to volley an Aeon or an Avatar, you couldn't even kill them. Now, so, the fa I mean, that changing the faxes was really good. Um, as far as having, a, you know, subcaps involved in the fight, I don't think a lot of people noticed this during UALX, but once both Titan fleets were in, the subcap battle kind of went away. Like, their subcaps huddled around their supers and titans, which is where the main battle for fighter superiority was happening. So our subcaps couldn't really go down there. So our subcaps just dealt with disconnects. There wasn't really a subcap role once the supers and titans are on the field for your side for our side there definitely was it was definitely anti-fighter that was right. the entire but mission our, for our let's subcap. say the fighter war shifted to our formation your subcaps couldn't come in yours, yeah, yeah exactly your shit would have taken over what our role your subcaps would have done what our subcaps were doing which is try and mitigate mm -hmm. the fighter dps on you while, while our subcaps did but i mean like it's a role they just 
it's not a role where they engage directly. I, um, it's it's a role. I'm not sure if it's in the a, best role. The best role. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure if it's in the best spot right now. Um, so it could be painful. There are sometimes though where you get that fight that happens right in between the two capital fleets with the subcaps. They'll kind of like dance around in there, and that's kind of nice. I mean, there's some tweaks we could probably do to adjust a little bit. I, but. Yeah, no, I generally like enjoy most of the meta i think there are some things right now that need to be tweaked that would make it good very good that are currently game breaking like shield um, slaves uh, I well, like Brad, uh, when i was uh in the white tech j fortizar fight uh two weeks ago where it was just our subcap fleets and against like 50 super carriers and it was in 10 percent tie-dye when, when the when the game's moving that slow you have all this time to aim your burst projectors so i was fleet warping my munins down to a ping spot and as I was coming out of warp, there were four burst new projectors firing right at where I was landing. By the time we landed, I had zero cap. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, uh, think of it like bright side. It could have been a GTFO mod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, Those are your favorite. Yeah, so like things like that could definitely be tweaked. Um, I, back in the slow cat days, you, you could at least warp away once the slow cat started coming in. Now you've got burst bubble projectors coming out the instant they hit the field so we were talking the other day and like when they did this big super carrier and, and titan change where they gave us all these new doomsdays and shit like that like i was we were sitting there talking the other day. i don't remember any fucking buddy asking for aoe exactly. shit yeah like none of us were like you know what we need we need an aoe doomsday or how about more aoe nuke bombs fuck man that's what i was missing in my life no yeah. nobody said that you guys just gave it to us and we were all like uh well i mean it's um I'm all up for trying stuff as long as uh, we balance quicker around it. Um, I think we've tried it. I think we know how it works now. Like, right. Proga has been on the receiving end of the GTFO mod oh, in a yes. big 10% Famously. time dilation fight, and it sucks. It's like, it doesn't look fun at all. Like, I felt bad for him the third time they blasted him out of the fight. It, it's it's 20 minutes <laughs> to get back to the fucking grid. Like, and then you, like, that's just to get to the grid. Then 10 minutes of deceleration. You're out of the fight basically a half an hour at a time every time it goes off on you. Yeah, three times in one fight. But I, I want to try to bring it away from balance and bring it back to this fight. And now the situation is that PL is logged off and it gets very interesting because Test and Legacy and everybody else that is their enemy is sitting on top of that area. Uh, strategically, what kind of position is this? Um, what's an idea for the let's go, let's go with oh, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, like, so it's way worse for try and skill you because they actually have their mains sitting there, um, which is something because they were they were having their mains and carriers and they actually have their mains, uh, partially ha have their mains, uh, being logged off there. Whereas PL was only their super and titan alts, which is mostly uh, alt characters. You, so you still have your main character available for you know, regular fleets and stuff. So I think initially it was a way worse spot for try and uh, skill you than it was for PL itself. But uh, of course it still sucks to have your supers and titans caught. Uh, to my knowledge though, PL managed to move the majority of the titans out this morning. Um, mm, so... We saw seven, I don't know about the majority. So right. super locators, like... there's a bunch. Yeah, we, we got a, locators. We, we got a good chunk. I, I was I was told I was told it was a I was told it was a good chunk or like so a, a that's something that's something that I guess I have to bring up now um, is is how are these titans and supers getting moving their location without coming out of e warp um, I don't know I I I'm not saying it's an exploit or any I I just I don't know I'm curious I don't think it's necessarily ever like it's been for it's been in the game forever. 
the entire system used has been in the game forever. I don't understand. And I think that's something. No, I mean, the way I remember doing is you did it right before downtime, but for, to my knowledge, that's been fixed and ruled an exploit. What's I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think the logging in right before downtime does work anymore. Good. I think we tested it. it doesn't yeah, work I, we tested it too. It doesn't work. But I, so when we, I will say, when we logged back into the game after the node went down, there was a lot of people who were at safe spots. I, I'm fully aware that the node crashed. All kinds of crazy stuff happened. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm sure plenty of people aren't actually inside those bubbles and never were. Um, I don't know how uh, the situation as far as who that is and how you could check that. I know you could check your location with API, uh, check your XYZ coordinates. Um, yeah, which I'm is sure pretty huge. Some people, like, they took yeah. that out for a while, by the way. We used, we used to have a thing a long yeah, time ago, Captain Funk developers. Yeah, yeah um, when, we have 20, when, when you have 20 Titans in a tower, right, with like 50 supers on top of it, and you ask everybody or you ask someone to log in or you ask 10 people to log in, they needed to be able to know that they weren't going to land in the middle of another ship. And so Thunk, you used to be able to get a long time ago the XYZ coordinates of a person. And on our killboard, you could log in and see this little 2D representation of a tower. And it would show your ship and like the five or six ships closest to you around you by looking at the information that e the Eve client provides you. And that, then that way you would know, okay, I should probably be careful logging in because there's an Erebus near me. And then you would you would just not you would wait until you know it was declared safe, but that went away, and we were like kind of upset when it went away. It was like oh that was kind of a cool thing to have. Yeah, but, well uh, I know you can check your location. Now. I know you could check your location, but uh, to my knowledge, I, I don't know that you can move from one grid to another grid without initiating a warp command. So I, I don't really know what's going on, and I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I just want to know what is okay and what isn't okay. That's that, I just want clarification so I can plan. That's all I ever want. It's I want to know what mechanics are acceptable. What what are we working with here so that I can create plans, you know, because I'm an alliance leader. I want to know how the game is, you know, what are the game mechanics? That that's all I want to know. In other words, what's fair or no, not even what's, what's fair, within, what's, what's possible and what's, you yeah. know, not possible, what's supposed to be happening and what's not supposed to be happening. That kind of thing. Well, right, CCP. Um, I think Falcon addressed some of this earlier, if it's the same issue. I'm not sure it's the same issue, but... This morning, we watched about 18 to 20 of their Supers and Titans log into UALX and jump out. To my, I mean, that could just be people who were moved when the node went down, and they just checked with API that they weren't in the bubbles, and they logged in and jumped. Um, but from what everything we've been seeing with chat logs and, you know, th from people pinging their supers that we read with our spies, it, they, they seem to be actively doing something. I don't know what it is. I'm sure it's, you know, I, I'm, I will say this, Arcane if I were in the same position, if the roles were reversed, I'd be doing everything that they're doing. So I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. sitting on a high horse here, blaming anyone for anything. Um, and if I'm sure if the roles were reversed graph and I was secretly moving Titans and supers out of uh, a hell camp that you had and you guys didn't know what I was doing, you'd be quite sure. you'd question that, too. So yeah, for sure, I would be I, I don't feel like. Yeah, I feel like I would have tried to figure it out. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know how the intelligence section of our alliance operates anymore, per se. Like I don't, I can't see any of it. I don't read any of it. I, I don't want to, I didn't want to get maniitis where you just get old and brag about what you got until your Titan spy gets killed. So I just stay <laughs> away from it. <laughs> yeah. So, 
so I, I don't I don't know how it operates, but I feel like I would like I would have had a super or a titan stuck with you if this was if the roles were reversed. One of our guys would be in there, so I would know what your plan was to leave because you would have to tell me uh, yeah. directly. That would be how I worked it out. I mean, they asked goons. We kept the titan with them for the longest time without them noticing until fucking he wouldn't stop talking about it. So I, I, Manny, I just Manny couldn't yeah, stop talking about it. I just feel like. Uh, we would just know and and that's i would you know i would try and make my members not look like spurge lords by by having that information to them in some way but i can't blame like i, I can't blame any but they, it looks bad to them they've been putting work and effort into this but it's just one of the areas where like skill injectors allowed anybody to fly a capital ship right like that's a thing now anybody can come into the game instantly fly a capital ship but unless you've been using them for years, you don't know all the little retard tricks there are to get your ship to function properly and in all the different well, situations and all the things it, you can do with it. It's not that. It's not like this is a very simple question. Can you move from one grid to another without using your jump drive? Or well, within systems, so no jump drives. Can you move from one grid to another without initiating a warp command? I feel like that's the answer to that question is yes. And I feel like that's been a way it's been the thing forever. So like okay, so say you log in right now, right? Like right. you're not where you were. Yeah, when but that you doesn't out. work anymore. That that whole log off as you're coming out of eWarp thing, or supposedly it doesn't work anymore. I don't know. Uh, that's the way I have always. Uh, yeah, that's the way it. I've like, known it too. Man. And it's not you don't do it before I, you. I, I it's not before you leave well. warp, right? It's not before you leave. It's not before you exit warp. Yeah, like right. your ship can never get into warp, as far as I'm aware. Like, yeah, no, like you if you do it right, you're a, you basically end up a million kilometers away, and then. Uh, you log out like if you've ever hunted like a, a Russian Macario that you know to be pimp fit in zero zero and you kind of like half catch him and then he yeah. gets away like like everybody's done this as a thing forever. It's just the yeah. way the game functions. And, and, and as far as I'm right aware, it works. Yeah. If you do it right at DT, you you used to get teleported. We've been testing that, though, and it's not working or and from what I understood and from what I've been told, people have said it doesn't work anymore. Maybe I don't not know. I haven't like, and, I, and again, my I Nix is I not sleep, in. I sleep at downtime, so I don't. Yeah, I don't exactly. Like... My my Nix is not in there, so I didn't try it. I don't know if it worked. I don't know. I don't even know if this is exactly what they used to get out. I woke up and saw this giant two hundred comment angry Reddit thread, and I just smiled because I knew that a bunch of dudes had gotten out. I was like, okay, so so I don't know how exactly, but like everybody's like, oh, PL cheats or whatever. I mean, point me an example. Show me one time that we've cheated. And like, sure, go ahead, let's do it. I, I don't feel like we cheat. I don't feel like we exploit. I feel like we've had members who had in the past, uh, like Cartoon, and they suffered the consequences for it and were permanently uh, banned. I'm not, I'm not saying that anyone in particular, uh, that either side is at fault here. Um, like I said, if the roles were reversed, I'd be doing the exact same shit. And I, I have sat on exploits before, too. I, I mean, I know that's against the rules, but I, I, will, I know people who do it. I've done it. We've all done it. Um, I've got so my account's 12 years old and I've never even been like not even for a day like not even for like an hour I don't get I've never used any of the old warp to zero bullshit or anything like that I don't do anything that will endanger my account and like most of the other CEOs are that way although I, I do believe Doom Chinchilla is flirting with fucking CCP Falcon a wee bit hard uh, trying to troll people mm. and, and it could be dangerous and I don't playing with fire like yeah I don't even like and see that's and that's where my mind's at with it like he's just tweeting back and forth with Falcon and I think he's pushing the line a little bit too close so like I don't know any CEO in PL that would actively condone their members 
or, or promoting their members to do something that could potentially get them banned and in, in relation to them, get their corporation fucked. Like if a CEO gets banned, it's like a pain in the nuts to, to, to sort everything out after that. Like we are actively, we've act, I think we've almost been actively accused of cheating for so long that most of us go out of our way to make sure we Yeah, but these are, these are, the, uh, these are the random Reddit commenters. Who cares? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. Like I don't feel like, I feel like whatever they did to get out, it it a hundred percent wasn't an exploit. We don't like, we just don't fuck with it like that. I don't feel like we, we dick around like that well, in any way, is, shape or form. It is an artificial thing to begin with, to be cut off by downtime. So as far as like fairness and stuff like that, it's, it's something that's part of the game. Uh, so, and, and this is what's great about this kind of a war is you're going to leverage every little thing you have to no, survive and to win. This part of the game, the whole how does the game function under heavy tide? I, I don't how like does the game function lag or down. Yeah, the, the I don't like, like arcane knowledge either. I'm totally against that's like not this the, weird. the good part of the game. That's the frustrating part of the game. No, I'm just saying uh, for for me, like this is actually the worst part of the game. Like, you know, it's the it's the part that you don't want to have to deal with when you know when things get so murky and so heavy into tie dye that you have to start guessing about sort of what the server is going to do, and no one really likes that. uh, But it only happens in like very very extreme cases. It's something that we don't like either. But um, you know, I mean, it's props to everyone involved for actually sticking through it, and and you know and and continuing to keep on fighting despite the fact that sometimes things get a little bit saturated but yeah it's it's not a position anyone wants to be in and i think for me at least that's um that's the kind of uh that's the part of sort of these big conflicts the the only part of these big conflicts that i really don't like is when you know the the playing experience is subpar for you guys when just everyone dogpiles into a system and you end up uh you know with people who are disappointed or angry um, and then additionally, the part that we feel as well as when people try and drag us into the metagame bullshit around this. Um, and mm-hmm. I think this is like what I just posted on Reddit. This is the first time we've ever done this where we've come out and we've made a statement because we're trying, people are deliberately trying to drag us into the metagame inside of things. And like, that's just that, that kind of bullshit just has to stop. This is a fight between the East and the West. It's got nothing to do with us. We just provide the landscape for you guys. Well, absolutely. And, uh, th- it's what I would say is that is it possible for us to just as um, as both sides for us to look at the situation that came from the server uh, from the node disconnect um, and just see what we can do to fix stuff because I know a lot of the PL and all uh, skill yourself titans they they have modules offline right now they have a lot of stuff broken with their ships that came from the node disconnect I know we had that too. But we logged in afterwards, so we had a chance to fix it. They don't have that chance, and it's an unfortunate situation. Is there any way where we could just review the results of the node disconnect and just be like, okay, this is where that should go. These modules should be on these ships and online. These people should be here. These people should have full cap, you know, just kind of. Like a um, last known good call fucking result. That's what you turn to. So we don't actually, um, we don't have the, as far as I'm aware, we don't have the actual functionality to be able to do that. Um, It's like, that's too granular for the kind of data that we store. Uh, But on the flip side of the coin as well, like, it's the same as us saying, well, you know, all of a sudden, like, there's been a no death and a lot of people lost their ships. Like, it's also like going in and saying, okay, let's reimburse all those ships. Like, we just like prefer just to be completely hands-off and just let you guys get on with it as as ugly as that might sound and as like as painful as that might be and as brutal as it might be it's like 
what happens happens and we don't want to get involved with the fight right I and mean, i i remember the uh, i remember the the situation right, last that, that led to that policy so i i totally understand it so all right i'm glad um we reached some kind of consensus i think but uh, more of that will be explored uh, outside of this program. I want to get back to this in our last 15 minutes. We're going a bit long and talk about what the repercussions are of the situation as it stands now. I think that's given, given the, the legacy Tappy guy. I, you know what? I hate the name Tappy. I really wish I, I, I understand it came from you guys and I don't know how I got put back in use. I, no, I, from what I understand, it came somewhere from something like Billy or some shit like that from a long, long time ago. And I don't know, and I don't care, but it's the dumbest fucking name. I just like calling you Test. It's fine. Yeah. You're Test. So anyway, yeah. Test and Legacy pretty much had a whole week to do anything they wanted, realistically. Well, no, we've had like 24 hours. Um, I mean, we only got the Keepstar on last night. Yeah, I, I think before it's all said and done, you'll have had a week. Like, I don't feel like... Oh, I feel like this... a week from now. Yeah, I thought you meant yeah. Uh, So, yeah, the way I view it is... Why um... am I salty and sad, Roscoe? Go fuck yourself. You're a retard. I'm not salty yeah. or sad. <laughs> I'm fucking... All right. ah, I feel all good right. about this fight. I like it. I think it was great yeah. for everybody involved. I totally agree. I, Grath is pumped up. I don't know what you're talking about. But go ahead, Brogard. I think uh, as long as we can hold the camp and a majority of their Titans and Supers stay in there, um, we've got a limited but decent opportunity to make some damage. Horde did move down their Supers and Titans uh, to the Dedoard area, and some Supers and Titans have gone, come out, gotten out. So now you've got a situation where, when we, for instance, last night we reinforced all of their staging Fortisars. Those timers come out tomorrow. Depending on how much uh, forces they can muster to defend those, we got to make a decision of what do we want to commit from the camp to these timers? Do we want to, you know, decrease the integrity of the camp to a certain level to win those timers, or do we want to maintain the camp and try with uh, less forces? It's going to be that situation for like one or two weeks. I think um, it definitely took a lot of momentum from from PL Try and Co. I mean, it kind of basically caused them to like have a full stop on their campaign now, right? Uh, which is very good for you because they were making some decent progress before that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, interesting to see what's com what comes next for sure. Well, the, the key objective with the whole UALX Keepstar thing was to get a staging system that actually had good jump ranges. So now that we have the Keepstar online, even if we all, if the camp gets broken and we all go back to where we were pre, you know, a week ago, we, we achieved our, our original objective of getting a staging system that doesn't suck. So that that's at least a bonus for us. Any any gains beyond that are obviously huge, and we should capitalize more uh, than just getting a new staging system considering the situation we have them in. But it, it's, a, it's a good start for us at the very least. And um, I think even now we can kind of consider the battle one. I, I know it was said we, we slightly lost the score. But considering all the stuff we've killed since then, I think it's the score is pulled pretty even. And the loot we got. Yeah. Well, and let's let's talk about that. I cover that. At the end of the fight, it's disconnected. Legacy comes back and they place another keep star soon after. And that keep star is the one that eventually online successfully. So now they do Fucking have the money problems, with. right? God damn. <laughs> well, uh, we've so got all these faction citadels that we keep selling. Yeah. Strategically, makes total sense. You know, you know that your enemy is stuck on grid. Uh, you know that they can't really do anything uh, at that time. The PL, uh, not the PL, sorry. Most of the um, most of the goon supers were still in place as well. 
so it was, there was no way that anyone was going to contest that Keepstar. And it was, of course, something you can do. Uh, I don't think it's a secret to anyone that Keepstars are also pretty replaceable uh, and not that hard to acquire. Yeah. I did see so. uh, a, a ping from Sword Dragon to his coalition that goons sold us that Keepstar. They didn't. We, we hadn't. Two keepstars, right? You have five. Yeah, somebody Billy was saying you have five. Like, yeah, well, right? yeah. Now, ever since they changed the, um, we used to have a Fortizar path. You know, everyone did to go through their sure. space, but then they did the the thirty second tether invulnerability. Yep, or, and no, those are the towers to protect the kingdom. You got to put yeah, them up everywhere. Yeah, now, now you got to have a keepstar chain. So we've been yep. getting that together. I'm I'm shocked I haven't seen goons put down a paladin yet. I'm not even going to close. Like they got so many of the of the regular ones. I just figure at some point somebody's just going to shit the paladin down in the middle of Delve. I think it's a problem with the. I think the. Oh yeah. There's not enough PI supply. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's not enough PI supply. I think that's what I was told. I'm, I have faith that they are actually doing it. It'll make me happy when they do it. They're just going to shit one down, and then they'll shit if, five if, more right after. If any coalition will drop a Palatine, it's probably going to be the Imperium, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so at the end of this fight, um, Test clearly gets... They lost the objectives in the fight. Um, they didn't uh, protect the first keep star. It went down. Not a consequence, because they put a second one up. Um PL actually did more damage to uh, Legacy uh, on paper, but most of the damage was on uh, more, you know refundable or insurable ships. So they didn't actually. How many dreads ended up dying? It was like 170? Oh, it was like 360, actually. But died? Yeah. You can't Holy shit. the amount of loot and stuff. Like the loot and all that kind of stuff. By lo looting a grid deck, that is a lot of money, which is. Oh, we, yeah. We, we're up to 200 billion. Yeah, we, we got a lot of flag. <laughs> We, we got a lot of flag when we started actually, like when PL initially deployed down to catch about uh, a year ago, over a year and a half ago, um, we, we started actually looting and salvaging every single grid we won. Like when we, if we, if we had a battleship brawl, we looted that grid. If we had any kind of dread brawl with our enemies, we, we looted that grid, we salvaged direct. Yeah, it's just because money. That, that is, oh, a, is a lot of yeah, money. That, that is a huge source of income that no alliance has really tapped into yeah. properly yet. Yeah, like everybody's like, give it to Brave. Fuck Brave. There's like billions of ask out there. <laughs> so it's definitely something like Probert said. 200 billion is, is, I would have said maybe a little bit less. Is what well, I that's what we've counted so far. Yeah, but that's that's a lot of, like, there's a lot of loot and salvage. You can replace pretty much all the dreads with that. And it's, uh, it's a really big factor that people like to forget, you know. So ISK, ISK you know, obviously ISK efficiency looks great on battle reports, but there's often a lot more that goes into uh into this you know into these numbers and just the pure value of the zika loss or whatever well it, it was the strategy too like the, 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 the note crash happened but the downtime was an hour and a half later anyway yeah, it didn't so, change anything didn't so change anything. so the log out positions were going to be the same uh, getting getting you guys to defensively drop all of your short range dreads was a big deal for us i don't know why we did that to be honest i was well, i was sleeping for that so uh carneros um, is, does the war look like it's advancing in any certain direction? It's it's fun. Um, uh, well, that's something. It's too early to say <laughs> it's advancing in any given direction. Although I believe an avatar just died in EK, E9KD. Oh, I think uh, CO2 and uh, the Imperium are going at it right now. It's, it's one of those Nolan skirmishes I talked about, which are the fun between the strategic yeah. timers, because right now shit's escalating pretty nicely at the moment in E9KD. We're, we're on grid as well and engaged, so... Yeah, it's a yeah nice the North, the north seems kind of fun, because you've got a two large sub-cap forces. Um, mm -hmm. 
the, the South, uh, most of our enemies are, are super capital heavy and like fighting with super capitals and nothing wrong with that, but it's, it, I enjoy subcap battles in there. We've been having brawls almost every day now. It's been really fun. Yeah. I do feel weird Sub about how much progress was actually made after this fight, right? Like most of the time after a decisive fight like this, you feel like you'd see, like this was a huge momentum shift for ProGod's team. Like I don't, I will well, take anything the, away the from Titan all the work. The Titan Force you guys have trapped in there is still very large. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Requires a lot of manpower. I, I understand. I just feel, it's just, I feel this is like the first time we've seen one go down like this, where there was a, a huge decisive fight that you guys won. Like don't, don't, don't let anybody say anything fucking different on any form. Like we killed the Keepstar, big fucking deal. You controlled the grid for you know almost ninety six hours now afterwards, and it was was with potentially fairly devastating consequences. Like, but after that, this huge momentum shift, everybody just kind of sat back for like forty eight hours and was like, <sighs> "Well, uh, I'll tell you how it looked from our, our end." Like after downtime hit, and like I mean, first all the FCs immediately went to bed, so there's like five six hours of nothing going on right there. And then when we woke up, we were like. All right, now we got to start setting up the camp. So we anchored the Fort Azar. That has a 24-hour anchor time. And then we started getting the Keepstar ready. Um, at that time, like, we were still expecting, like, we were of the opinion that the sooner you break out, the better. So we were expecting the NC.Armor fleet to just form and come down. I mean, they, they had moved down the night before, and they, were, they had only moved back to Jiminet at that time. Um, so they were still pretty damn close. Uh, we were... More concerned about getting the Keepstar online and making sure that the camp looked as strong as possible so that no one tried anything before doing anything else. Because the Keepstar needed to be online and ready to go. Well, looking at it from an outsider's perspective, and I've been covering this game for a long time, this is the most dramatic war I've seen uh, easily since the Fountain War. Maybe even before, maybe ever. This is no, like I. Th I think I've been playing for eleven years. I've been in almost every major war for the past nine. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a a four or five day period where the stakes have been this high. I would say in the Halloween War before the week before BR Tech Five. Um. There was a big giant battle in Head GP where goons and um, Russian coalition lost about 600 dreads, and we killed the iHub, and it looked like we were going to win the war. And then BR Tech 5 happened. But BR Tech 5, it was a battle. It happened. It was done. This situation is just so unique because the, their Titan fleet is logged off in space. No, they're not logged off in a tower. It's in space in, in a battle situation, and we have a Fortizar on grid with our Titan fleet logged off, ready to fight them. So like if the, the stakes are just so high here, like at any moment, a, a, another giant Titan battle could break out. So like every single hour has that possibility just hanging over it. You know, it, nothing could be going on, but everyone knows in the back of their head, like is, is now the time is, t you know, three hours from now, the time, is it going to happen? It's um, now realistically, the FCs know that a breakout of temple have to be pretty well planned. So um, it's probably not going to happen without at least some notice or at least some, you know, organizing and all that. But to the line member and even to myself, like, I, I can't remember a time where the tension was just yes. this constant for four or five days. Dude, did you see my uh, breakout attempt this morning, Progot? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh... Most of it. 
Uh, that was a bit of a joke, but um, uh, Raven, 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 yeah, good. Yeah, Raven, your view on the? Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, I say again to you guys, you feel free to chime in. But to me, this has been the most dramatic war I've seen because there's so much at stake, and there's so much stuff that's just not known. Like the momentums, teams are basically even. The hate is real, um, and well, I, I mean, delight. You can see I delight when I say that. But I mean, I've I've actually got to agree with Proga though. I mean, I've been around at E for 16 years, and by far this last four or five days have been the four or five days that have been the biggest pain in my ass for the last decade and a half. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's been interesting. Well, my last comments, I guess, would be like, the, everyone saw Peel's 300 man super fleet in awe, and like pictures everywhere and everything like that, and fraternity and trying all them. We're willing just rolling behind them, any fleet and all that stuff, and their morale is really high. But both coalitions punch each other in the face in a brawl, and we came out on top. So I think it's really going to hurt the morale a lot just to realize that PL Superfleet is not going to auto-win this for them. That it is going to be dragged out. Oh, yeah, and uh, my sub fleet got the first time kill. Congrats. <clears throat> Carneros? <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a lot of fun, and, and I'm enjoying it. Same. Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, if if uh, if you were ever wanting to check out Eve and see what's going on right now, you're living in the good old times. This is the uh, a huge fight, very unpredictable. Everybody's going at it. There's a lot of skirmishing all the way up to massive collisions of uh, influential players and uh, a massive amount of hardware out there. Um, all right. Last thoughts, anybody? Well, before we wrap up here. Yeah, can you guys knock it off for a couple of days and have a rest so I can get some friggin' sleep? That would be fantastic. Then, uh, then we can get back to it. I agree. No promises. Sleep too. Yeah. So I imagine you're super busy because of all the fighting that's going on, or is it all the community bitching. that you have to deal with? It's all the bitching. Uh, it's come quite a few things to be honest. I'm just messing around with you guys. There's a lot yeah. going on right now. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for dealing with it, Falcon. I know it's a pain in the ass. I know how. Pain in, much of a pain in the ass we can be, so we apologize. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way, regardless of how much I uh, I hail on you guys on Reddit sometimes, or have a little bit of fun on Twitter or wherever. You know, I, I do this job because I love all you guys. Thank you. All right, uh, right before we wrap up, Asher Elias uh, just arrived. Uh, he's in time for last thoughts. I'm just the herald of a CO2 avatar death. We just killed the CO2 avatar. Can my last thought be fuckboat? Because it is. <laughs> he is very sexy. I understand. Um, uh, so, you, tell us, give us a quick update. You just killed an avatar. How many titans are on the field? You know, I, I literally just got out, but it looks like all of them. What? There's a lot of oh. there's there's a lot of titans. Uh, I don't know. We what we, system? Uh, in twenty nine, kidding. It's pretty much over. See, uh, Gigax tried to boss on the inner Abaddon fleet that they were skirmishing with, and then he got tackled, and then Goons took titans in through the gate and killed him. It's to be fair, no, Gigax, no capital Gigax has done this a bunch when when NC was in direct range, so he's been kind of relying on it. So, and we didn't have a response, so it's it's pretty nice to see it uh, him get punished for it when he, uh, you know, when people don't want to engage us uh, when we do have a response. The fun part is that uh, Init actually jumped in a bus or something to use the uh, Phenomena Generator, and the in the Abans tanked the boson as well, so they didn't even kill the Abans for it. So. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm. One might say he got his caught with his hand in the cookie jar. Yeah. Had it cut off. His stump in the cookie jar? 
Oh, God. All right, <laughs> it's going to go off the cliff, so I'm going to go ahead and push it. Um, thanks, everybody, for showing up. What a great show um, with uh, such accumulated uh, wisdom uh, for, God, decades, really. So this has been a great show to review one of the biggest battles Eve has ever seen. The uh, tension is still there, and the fighting is still there, and uh, it is going to be a very, very interesting summer, which is usually when Eve kind of gets quiet as people go on vacation. Surgical summer. <laughs> all right, so thanks, everybody. Thanks, Carneros, for helping me out. My pleasure. Uh, that is all we're going to have time for today. We will see you next week on Talking In Stations. Talking In Stations.